Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear page by page. This is page 958. I didn't sign a name, merely wrote a single initial, which could have been an ornate R or perhaps a shaky B. Then, dipping my finger into my glass of water, I let several drops fall onto the page. They swelled the paper a bit and smeared the ink slightly before I blotted them away. They made a fair approximation of teardrops. I let one final heavy drop fall into the initial I'd signed, obscuring it even more. Now the letter looked as if it could also be an F or P or an E, perhaps even a K. It could be anything, really. I folded the paper carefully, then walked over to one of the room's lamps and melted a generous blob of sealed wax onto the fold. On the outside of the envelope, I wrote, Ambrose Jackis, University, two miles west of Imra, Bellany Baron, Central Commonwealth. I paid for my drink and headed to Drover's Lot. When I was just a few streets away, I removed my shade and tucked it into my travel sack. Then I dropped the letter in the street and stepped on it, scuffing it around with my foot a bit before picking it up and brushing it off. I was almost to the square when I saw the final thing I needed. Hoy there, I said to an old, whiskery man sitting against a building. I'll give you, I'll give you hay penny if you let me borrow your hat. The old man pulled the draggled thing off and looked at it. His head was very bald and very pale underneath. He squinted a bit in the late afternoon sunlight. My hat? He asked his voice rough. You can have it for a whole penny and my blessing too. He gave a hopeful grin as he held out a thin shaky hand. I gave him a penny. Could you hold this for a second? I passed him the envelope, then used both hands to screw the old shapeless hat down over my ears. I used a nearby shop window to make sure every scrap of my red hair was tucked away underneath. Suits you, the old man said, giving a phlegmy cough. I reclaimed the letter and eyed the smudgy fingerprints he'd left. From there, it was a quick step to Drover's lot. I slouched a bit and narrowed my eyes, and I wandered through the milling throng. After a couple of minutes, my ears caught the distinct sound of a southern vintage accent, and I walked over to a handful of men loading a wagon with burlap sacks. Oi, I said, putting on the same accent. You folk heading up Imra way? And that's the page. I'm Nick. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. And I don't like the way the word phlegmy is spelled. It is difficult. English well, is a stupid language. It, I agree. This is this is also my point. <laughs> well, uh, better start speaking French than Jordana. I actually have learned French. It is just as infuriating. Oh, no. I'm just saying language is complicated. What sound does GH make in French? Depends on the word, I think. It's not as bad as English. Fair. 
Bellinay Baron, we've encountered that before. I think that was in the letter that uh, Denna sent to him. To me, it it suggests that it's the barons around Bellinay. And of course, Bellin is the name of one of the cities uh, that, that survived Myrtorineal. Or did it survive? I don't know. But uh, interesting that Bellinay Baron is how it's always put together. I wonder if uh, that's what it means. Like the barons that were once around the city of Bellin after the battle or something like that. I mean, that would certainly make sense. Yeah. I really didn't know what he was doing with the hat. It felt like long winded. Oh, oh, there was something, there was something in here that I felt didn't need. There's a sentence that I feel like it's fine that it is in the book, but I also read it. And as I read it, I was like, well, duh, you didn't need to put that sentence in, like give us a little credit as readers. And it was, they made a fair approximation of teardrops. Like I, I thought that it was reasonably obvious by context that that's what he was doing with the water. I don't feel like I needed that explained to me. It doesn't really bother me that much, but I feel like it's worth noting because <laughs> we're here to complain of, about things. Yeah, I can see some obtuse Jeremy's not picking up on that and needing it all <laughs> out for them. Yeah, me too. Um, all right, well, then I guess I have been Jordana, outvoted. Here's something that we need spelled out for you. The hat is to hide his red hair. Because it's easy to no, identify. No, 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 no. I know now. I just when he was like when he was like, oh yeah, this this last guy, he had the thing I needed. I was like, oh, I wonder what the thing he needed was. And then I discovered it, you know, with the page and the rest of it. I do understand that that is why he needed the hat, and I got that right away. But I didn't I didn't see it coming. I like I I took that journey with the with the time and pace that the page provided. Rather than I feel like a lot of the other times I'm like, oh yeah, I bet this will happen. I bet that'll happen. I bet he'll need him for this, that, and the other thing. And like for this one, I was like, I wonder why he's going to talk to this dude. I wonder what the last thing he needs is. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does make sense. I feel like this whole page is showing that Quoth has, despite not having any training as a spy and having kind of being only a self-taught thief and con artist, I feel like he has pretty good tradecraft here. It seems to me like he's thought a lot about a how to make this letter convincing while also making it ambiguous, but like ambiguous in a way that is also like plausible and and then just sort of covering his tracks about who delivered this letter to whom. He probably has been thinking about it for a while, actually. It it's comes across like he's just winging it, but he's had a lot of time in the carriage, right? He spent almost a month in the carriage to get to uh... a month. A day is that? Is that what is reaving a day or is it a month? I th- I think reaving is a day, but yeah, I don't think it takes him a month. To, I don't think he would take a month off from town. I think this is like a weekend excursion. Okay, fair enough. Anyway, he took him a full day in the carriage, so uh, he had at least that much time to think about how to do this. So I think he's actually given this a ton of thought. This is basically a heist. I I guess he was probably thinking like, what am I going to do while I'm in Tarbine? I'm going to visit Trappist. You know, I'm going to see some of my old friends. I have some people to pay back. What else could I get up to while I was there? Oh, I could, prank, I could prank Ambrose. And if I'm in if I'm in this city far away, I can play this kind of prank. You know, yeah. So I don't know. I don't think this was like the point of his trip, but I do think that at some point along the road of his dreams, like, oh, I bet I could do this, couldn't I? That would be Oh, funny. yeah, no, this wasn't the point of his trip for sure. But it's definitely something he's given some thought to. Mm-hmm. It's a, a, a combination of improvising and careful planning. Mm-hmm. I love it when a, when an improv plan comes together. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a shorter uh, episode, so we can read a longer letter. 
Ooh, mailbag. This letter is from Kelsey, who writes, Shock and the True Names of Things. Hello, pagers. I am a longtime listener and fan of the podcast. Your in-depth analysis, coupled with extensive knowledge of so many subjects related to the content of the books, has not only connected the dots of more subtle plot points for me, but also taught me to analyze literature in a new way. So thank you. You're welcome. I am writing to you today to shed some light on a commonly misused term, both in the real world and in Rothfuss writing. As people who clearly value knowledge, sometimes very obscure knowledge, I'm thinking of Jeremy casually referencing Carolingian period axe handles, I figured you three would be on board. Plus, my letter is a discussion of the true names of things, so it is quite apropos. In at least two instances in Wiseman's Fear, Rothfuss somewhat incorrectly uses the term shock. One example is when Elodin and Kvothe are chatting about when Kvothe called the wind. Elodin asks if Kvothe's mental state was similar to the experience of being in shock. In a medical context, shock is a situation when, due to physical trauma, heart attack, systemic infection, or anaphylaxis, perfusion pressure in the circulatory system drops to an inadequate level, which results in inadequate oxygenation of body cells. Vital signs, including pulse and breath rate, will increase to compensate for the inadequacy in order to continue oxygenating vital organs and keep the body alive. It is a serious issue that requires definitive medical care. The way Rothfuss and most people use the word shock is somewhat of a misnomer for what some medical professionals called acute stress response. This is a situation in which a person has a response to emotional stress caused by fear, disappointment, surprise, or any other number of influences. ASR, <clears throat> ASR can seem like the type of shock explained in the previous paragraph because in its sympathetic form, vital signs will speed up due to release of epinephrine and norepinephrine. ASR presents no cause for immediate medical attention. There is a large difference between the two conditions as one is quite serious and the other is not. Thus my desire to elucidate the true name of shock. I will add, however, that some texts do use the term psychogenic shock to mean the same as acute stress response. And that is why I said Rothfuss was somewhat misusing the term. I also acknowledge that popular speech often departs from true meanings of words and then becomes the accepted norm. I'm thinking of horrific words I hear nowadays like thusly, over-exaggerate, or irregardless. Uh, this is now Nick talking. If you say irregardless, uh, you're going in the kimchi. Uh, <laughs> Into the Rubbermaid tubs with you. Plus, Join me in the tubs, me. listeners. <laughs> Join me, Mr. Chapo, in the kimchi tubs. <laughs> Plus, language is constantly evolving and all words are just made up anyway. Their power is indeed derived from group agreements regarding their meanings and usage. Best Signed, Kelsey. That was Kelsey, cool. That's super thank informative. Thank you so much for that education. Those are the kinds of details that I would really value getting right. Uh, if I was writing something, I would want to know the correct terminology for, for something like that. And it is useful to know the distinction. Um, personally, I think that language has evolved enough and it should stop now. Um, we've got enough words in the dictionary. Uh, we've got enough slang. Uh, I'm starting to not know what it all means all the time. And I think that that's a good point for us to say enough is enough. Oh, Jeremy, you're suffering from a common condition. It's called getting old. No, no. I think we're at a point where we should just stop doing, like, stop introducing new slang. Let's just yeah. freeze slang. We we have all the slang we need. We yeah. Can, we can continue to refer to things as groovy. We can continue to refer to people who are groovy as hep cats. Yeah. Really, slang peaked in the 60s. That's right. Yeah. So let us return with a V to the 60s. <laughs> lest, lest our listeners find us choigy. <laughs> pretty sure it's chuggy no it's choigy 
Is it really Choigi? Ugh. Have I, I work with Choigi? a bunch of uh, with a bunch of the youths. I am been I and I have been told that it is Choigi. Am I cringe for saying Chugi? I I don't think they mind that much. But you would be based if you didn't care. That's true. Now the real question is, how do you become basted? Mm. Um, normally you use this like this like big tubey thing with like a squidgel on the end. Yeah, Jeremy's been marinating for a few weeks, so he's probably the closest too. Well, listeners, you can join me in the basting tub on tomorrow's page. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes, pick up your homophone and uh, <laughs> dial me. up your slot in the basting tub <laughs> on uh, the wind. Wind. Wind.